All right. Uh, hello there, Crown Point. Mayor Pete Land here with another exciting episode of Lay of the Land, our exciting podcast, the number one rated podcast, as I'm always promoting it, um, by many national podcast organizations. Number one podcast coming out of Crown Point. So very exciting. That means you're doing a great job. So, number one Anthony? in Crown Point, or is it number one in Crown Point at 9.30 a.m. on December? I'll uh, see. Why do you got to bring all that on this? <laughs> Data. Debbie Brown. <laughs> National. Okay. Number one rate. I got the phone call on the phone bank. So, nice. anyway, it's very exciting Number to be number one in it. So, Anthony Schleter, our sidekick here. Anthony, how you doing? Doing good. What's, yeah. what's been going on? Not a whole lot, just taking care of business. Taking care of business. Should have a good show here. We got the two guys in charge of public safety here in Crown Point, so. We do? Yeah. Um, so this is the first time, well, before we move on, we Adam Graper, our stellar right. lead, team pace leader uh, and IT coordinator extraordinaire, Adam. Thanks for getting dressed up for the show. Awesome. Appreciate that. That's my nice <laughs> zipper. <laughs> More for you. Looking good as always. Thank you. Yeah, man, I'm in town. So now Mary off camera brains behind the show and leader of our graphics department as well so mary anything you want to chime in on okay if we get any calls break in uh so today's the very first episode that we actually have city department heads as guests on the show uh, we thought with the holiday season upon us and christmas and the new year's right down the road we thought it'd be good to have the police chief ryan patrick and our fire chief mark Bob Gartner Jr. on. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So I'm glad you could clear your schedules to accommodate uh, the recording of the podcast. So no, happy to be don't here. be nervous that it's the number one rated show. Been looking forward to it since last week. Yes. Okay. Very nice. Now, is there going to be a bunch of people wanting autographs when we walk out of there? And is it the we do have some paparazzi there. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We'll give you some Snickers bars. You can get out or something. So, um, so. The because you guys know are big fans of the podcast. We we're talking about yeah. that before we started. Um, we the theme of is every guest has to bring something so that the, when they're no longer here, we have something to remember them by for our, our prop show. And then the picture hanging out of wall, which was Tim Highbrighter's donation. So very nice oh, picture there. Yeah. Old that was, we don't we don't have the year though, right? Of Tim's picture. We don't. Well, look at the cars going to be after 1968, early 70s. 70s for sure. Yeah, so. Which, that was my favorite podcast. It was, yeah. A lot of history. Two characters. A lot of history. So, that was actually hung in the courthouse as it was. He might have to be a recurring guest. Pardon the interruption. We experienced technical difficulties while filming this episode. We will be right back. All right, yeah, so we're back from our uh, commercial break, so... Welcome back to viewers. So I think we left off where you guys were going to let us know what you brought for the, the prop show. Chief, yeah. you want to go first? Yeah, so uh, Chief Patrick and I, we coordinated a little bit. So we uh, brought uh, one of our department patches to put on the uh, display. So Very nice. They, okay. uh, I think they switched these. Um, they switched them at the same time, and it was a contest through the high school to design a new patch. And I don't remember... Who was at the time who won, but uh, um, they adopted it for both uh, our patch, the police department's patch, and EMA. It's always in the elementary school, wasn't it? So I don't remember. I remember, yeah. yeah, prior to that, we just used the regular state seal. Yeah, so our patches are were, were designed by a school student, and uh, we had them ever since. And, yeah. 
only difference is the text at the top. So yeah, that's cool. And then I chat with them, and you know, it's big in the police world. I don't know about it too. Oh yeah, uh, exchanging patches. So this is a with a great design of our patch, and so much sought after one. Yeah, it's a very easy patch. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I thought you were going to say you brought the Starbucks. Yeah, that's your. This is good. You keep that pot. That cup too. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, so everybody knows you in the community. You know Ryan and uh, Junior as the, the official leaders of our two emergency services department. But before we jump into stuff, um, and I'll go with fire first because. The softball champions. This year. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do rock, paper, scissors. We will review this. Yes. Have every confidence. Um, so, Mark, how long have you been with the fire department? So, this would be 14 years. 14 years. Uh, yeah, 14 years with the fire department. And, uh, prior to Crown Point, I was on uh, another area fire department for about a year. And prior to that, I was uh, in active duty Air Force. And prior to that, was high school. So, I went from high school to military. Uh, right into the fire department and yeah. been uh, there ever since. Now, one of the cool things I remember sharing from your military days is that you get to go on and board Air Force One. Yeah, so one of my uh, one of my training sites was at Andrews Air Force Base, and uh, part of that program was um, to be on uh, such a standby crew because I lived on the base. So if they had a scramble or something unscheduled last minute, they needed people there right then and now, and I was selected for that, and obviously, you know, didn't actually get the get activated for that. I was only at Andrews for a short time for training, but uh, the eight ten months I was there, uh, got the board several times. And yeah, got the training on it. So now, are you able to share any secrets of Air Force One, or is that nothing that's probably not already out there? Oh. Um, I didn't get into you know the president's office or something. But yeah, it the, probably be from Yeah, it's pretty much down in the galleys and the. Uh, uh, everything that you've seen on TV and the movies, so it's a really nice big plane. We got two of them. Yeah. Got to uh, go in the hangar and all that stuff. So, um, got the challenge coin as part of the crew. So, that's something I was pretty proud of. Yeah, that's um, not a big deal. Yeah. So, um, that was that was one of the big highlights from Very the time nice. in the military. And then, one of your, you're obviously being the fire chief, huge responsibility. You're always on call and, you know, busy schedule, but. One of your other jobs is you got a pretty cool job that you work on now, medic uh, helicopter. Yeah, so um, going on four, four going on five years now. Uh, I've been with the uh, elite uh, pilots of the uh, the county sheriff's department, their aviation unit. So um, came on to uh, started uh, to start their uh, rescue program. That's what I did in the Air Force uh, with hoisting and medical uh, evac and things like that. Got that up and running, and then I, uh, they brought me in as a uh, TFO, tactical flight officer. And then uh, that's kind of the person that runs the uh, cameras, radios, um, does everything but flying. Then, you know, progressing into the uh, pilot program through all the treatments. So. so then when you're when you're on a, the flight, so what is your, is your responsibility to assist with the patient, or is it... Yeah, so uh, with the rescue, uh, we don't really do transport like you think of regular uh, medical helicopters like uh, University of Chicago, um, Lutheran Air, that um, do all the medical, pretty much an air ambulance. Uh, we have the capabilities through a couple of our QEs to uh, extract people out of 
partying places. Um, that could be uh, hikers that hike in the woods or some of the national parks, county parks around us. They get injured that you can't really quite get them out any other way. Or if you use like an ATV, it would take hours to get that done. Um, with our hoist all of our equipment, we can quickly insert uh, a couple of our paramedics, assess the patient, uh, package them up, um, extract them through the hoist, and um, take them, meet, meet a ground ambulance somewhere. Yeah. They would actually do the transport to the hospital. So we're not really quite an air ambulance per se. We're more on the rescue side of things. Um, not a very, job if you don't like heights. Yeah, uh, if you don't like heights or flying. Stay out of the helicopter. Yeah, stay out of the helicopter, stay off the, the hoist line. But uh, it's a very new program. We're still uh, training uh, pilots and the crew chiefs and the hoist operators on everything. So not quite up and running yet, but it's a program we've been uh, pretty proud of because there's really nothing else around here um, with those capabilities. So the other thing we do, too, uh, more often is um, with, the, uh, with the unit is uh, Bambi buckets, which is um, the big bucket that you see hanging from helicopters that puts out uh, fires. Uh, we were just activated a couple weeks ago when it was, uh, we had a few days of really hot, windy, dry conditions. Um, we had brush fires pop up everywhere. For the most part, they could be handled by um, ground firefighters for yeah. uh, brush trucks and off-road vehicles, but sometimes they get into these really hard to access areas, uh, marshes, swamp areas, middle of woods that just you can't, can't really get to. So, um, we've been getting more and more requests for a Bambi bucket to come in, and it holds about 250 gallons of water each dump. And uh, just like you see, uh, you know, out west of the California fires, we pick up water out of uh, usually lakes, ponds. Uh, we don't do swimming pools, but we can if we needed to. We have enough access to water around here. Yeah. Pick up water, drop it on fire, and repeat that 20, 30 sometimes until the fire goes out as well. Oh, that's a one of those a uh, lot of training yeah you never need it or use but it's good to know yeah that. and it's kind of neat because it, it merges my fire experience and yeah uh, flight experience and then on the personal side you just recently got married right yeah got married how's uh, that going good <laughs> yeah still Great married answer. going good um, yeah congratulations to, by the way i know you. it's been a while so, yeah thank you went out to uh glacier national park got married out there beautiful nice. never been out there highly recommend it yeah and then uh honeymoon was out in iceland Iceland. Yeah. Never been to Iceland. Have you guys been to Iceland? Never been. Never been. Mary, you've been to Iceland? Yeah. Oh, wow. Highly recommend it. So, um, yeah, it's been a a a busy year between uh, getting uh, appointed chief and all the things going on at the fire department and personal life and stuff. Everything is great. Running smooth. So, we're lucky to have you as chief. Yeah, thank you. It's good, like I said, because the community knows you as fire chief, sees you in that role. Uh, So, that was good. uh, be able to, this is kind of what you do outside the firehouse oh, yeah. and job related, yes, but um, you know, it just shows that you're well rounded. And you know, as despite what Adam said, you they're a good fire chair, yeah. They do have a nice, very nice kitchen and a coffee machine, wonderful coffee, yeah. Adam doesn't make this coffee mornings, that's true. Adam's known as. Going around the different departments and the coffee is so good at the fire chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. But, uh, so, Chief Patrick, I've known you for many, many, many yeah, years, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so how, how long? So how long have you been actually with the? How long have you been with our police department? So I'll. Uh, it'll be twenty-four years in March. So twenty-three. 
And then before Crown Point, you were Hebron? With, with Chesterton. Chesterton, yeah. I thought you were Hebron first. I was, that's where I started. That's where I went to the academy. Uh, started off there, got to the academy, and then got hired at Chesterton right after I went to the academy. Spent a little over a year there, maybe 12, 13 months. I forget, how did, how did it come to be that you came to Crown Point? I actually applied here before I applied anywhere. And I actually, you know, told them, hey, look, you know, Crown Point calls, I'm, I'm going to Crown Point. So, yeah. Um, at the time, um, once I applied, I just kind of waited. I waited kind of about two years for I call for Crown Point. So it was kind of weird at that time, I had to make up my mind between Crown Point and Lake County because they had called within a day apart. It's so, usually how it goes, yeah. isn't it? So um, I chose to, to be here in the city. So, yeah. Never regretted it. I seem to remember you because I remember when we hired you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was one of your training officers, but no, um, definitely I remember your first day. Oh, eager and excited, and yep. everything was looking good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a few bumps in the road. Yeah, <clears throat> but like uh, Mark, so you, you know, so people know you as the police chief. What part of your one of your very important job assignments that you really can't talk a whole lot about is you remember for representing our police department for what six, over six years right <clears throat> yeah federal yeah federal law enforcement task force mm -hmm. so what what can you share about that so that people um it was a great experience uh being part of our federal initiative which we have you know guys uh, that partner us at the federal law enforcement and uh you know, that, that experience that I had, I got, got to do a lot of good things. Obviously, you're bringing a lot of assets to, uh, you know, Crown Point, whether it be cases or um, got to do a lot of good training stuff that I was able to bring back, um, you know, as far as like just the case, you know, it kind of opened your eyes to, you know, how other agencies work. You know, you could be working in New York city one one week and then you could be in mission texas the next so um in all of them all the cases that we worked had some kind of um nexus here to indiana so it wasn't like maybe it was freelance all over the state so it was cases that uh, we had either started here or somebody had asked us for help that had some connection with us in the but great experience um some of the greatest police officers that i've ever been able to work with and train with and just a very very good experience yeah so i think you know the general public i don't think knows but so on your task force assignments you kind of go where the case goes so i remember you calling hey just so you know i'm going to be down in texas for however long or i'm going to be over on the east coast um but like you said it, it's great for you as an individual because you gain so many resources contacts experience that you can bring back to our agency and city um but as the police department, the city as a whole, we have some great resources on that federal level yeah. um, that we can call. We've called them a whole bunch of times on oh, different yeah. investigations we have going on. And, um, you know, pretty much every federal agency is just a phone call away. And we, they've even called us when we've had cases. Yep. Hey, we saw this. Uh, how can we help? Right. So huge benefit to the city and our citizens. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, one of the things that uh, when I came back is, you know, there was a lot of our guys that, you know, would ask me, hey, you know, we have this case 
And I would find some jurisdictions, some of the federal agencies out there that cover that. You know, just like the oddest thing. Yeah. I mean, if you could think of it, there's a federal agency out there that probably covers it. So, yeah. yeah. One of the things I always liked, which I know we really can't talk about, is the technologies that's used. You'd be sharing sources of it, you know, how we got this. And I, I didn't even know that we could even do that. Yeah. It's amazing what, what's being used out there by law enforcement. So good stuff. Yeah. And it benefit, like I said, we do it one, you know, for the officer, but it, it benefits the city and the city. So if we ever need them, yeah. um, we got great resources and contacts. So, and then I always tease you because your big passion outside, you know, outside the job yeah. is uh, Ryan's a big hunter. Anthony, you're not a hunter? Not at all. I'm not a hunter. Adam? No, I'm more of a fisher. fisher. It sounds like we need to do like a hunting trip. Really? Yeah, have you ever been present hunting? No, sir. Mary, have you ever hunted? <laughs> we did go skeet shooting. Anthony's actually well, a really good shot. I did all right. I mean, that's a start. Yeah. There's a little contest with us in the city. We had this staff. We smoked. We did. <laughs> It wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they knocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, hunting and fishing, especially waterfall hunting. Days off. And I got uh, my two boys that are that are getting into it. So I always told you I'd be really into it. So. Yeah, because now you're also married. Been married to Carrie for yep. a number of years. So you got how many total kids? So I have three kids. And an 18 year old, 10 year old, and seven year old. So, yeah. Now, is the 18 year old in Madison taker? She has any interest in hunting? Uh, she she says that she does, but uh, I think that uh, once she got out there, it would be too cold. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, with personality, you know, whether she's serious. Yes. Yeah. Well, then it's the whole, you know, shooting something, right? Too, which maybe play comes in. Um, so yeah, I always tease you. You're you're always going somewhere. It seems yeah. like long weekend going hunting or fishing or, and who knows what you're hunting, but you know, got to have that stress relief. Yeah, so I know you enjoy it. Like something like that. Being able to do these things. Yeah. Um, so both departments, you know, like I said, we have the holiday season coming up. I know there's a lot going on in in both your departments and different things. So. Um, Chief, why don't I know it was advertised and put out public? It's a huge thing, so it's good, and it should be. Is the, the Safer Grant? So, yeah, so uh, Safer Grant is staffing for adequate firefighter um, response, and um, it's a federal grant through FEMA that we've applied for well over six, seven years now. And um, this year, and back in uh, September, we were notified that we uh, were awarded the grant. It was for uh, a little over $2 million. And what that grant does is it uh, provides uh, money for salaries and benefits, covers 100% of the salaries and benefits to hire seven new firefighters. Um, and what that will do is uh, allow us to put a uh, second fire apparatus staff uh, all the time. Right now it's kind of partially staffed depending on staffing. This will get us to uh, be able to staff it every day of the year so um. um so chief you were talking about uh one of the good things that you know citizens should know is every year the past i don't know how many years and the budget is we always put in additional 
police officer and firefighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been so many, especially, you know, several years ago when budgets were getting slashed and hiring freezes and um, to Crown Point's credit, they always continue to put in new staffing for emergency services. Yeah. So this, what this, the grant kind of does is instead yeah. of hiring, let's say seven over five to seven years, mm-hmm. we are hiring all at one time under the grant, uh, the two, over $2 million grant. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, instead of, you know, trickling, you know, a couple of firefighters in every year for over the course of three, four years, uh, this allows us to all hire uh, a bunch of firefighters to be able to staff the truck because, you know, there's times we can get, you know, we hire one firefighter, but it takes at least two to staff an ambulance and four to staff a fire engine. So if you're, you know, numbers are kind of off, sometimes you're hiring a guy without really having a place for them to go. So these grants specifically address that and allow us to hire a bunch of guys at one time to staff uh, a vehicle or add a vehicle to um, our staffing. So what is our, so what's, what's the staffing level for that? Not including the seven. Under the sure. So as of today, we're at uh, 41 firefighters on shift and we uh, have four um, administrative chiefs. So out of those 41 that are on shift, we have three shifts. Uh, two of them are at um, 14. And the third shift's at 13. So that's why there's seven in that grant, because it's to balance. Yeah. So after the grant, um, after we hire everybody through the safer grant, we'll be at 16 um, firefighters per shift. And, and I mean, it's common sense, but so the goal <laughs> is to have enough staffing where anytime a call comes in, ambulance, structure fire, you have enough staff to right there at the firehouse to get yeah. needed trucks out. Because we also still have volunteers, right? Yeah, so uh, we do. We do have some. Uh, we don't have many, but the few that we have are, are very committed and very active. Um, the volunteer, uh, I call it a crisis throughout the country. It's not unique to Crown Point or our area, but uh, just uh, the new culture and generation that we're in. You know, people are having to work more. Um, they're having more commitments to their family or to school or to organizations. Um, the training and time commitments have gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know it takes hundreds of hours to become a firefighter, and then it takes hundreds of hours every year to uh, meet the minimum requirements for training. Um, because you know how the legal system works. You know, somebody gets hurt, the first thing they want to see is, well, you know, where is their training record? Yeah, show us the training record. So you know that's really. The, the, the job, the idea of being a firefighter really attracts a lot of people to us. So we have a lot of uh, interested people wanting to be firefighters. We try to explain to them, you know, time commitment. And that sometimes people will say, no, you know, they bow out and they say they can't do it. And some, some people say, yeah, absolutely, let's go. And then they actually start doing it and realize how much time is taken away from their families. All to be a volunteer firefighter, granted, they get paid. A little bit each time, you know, they have training or go to a call, but uh, it's 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 not worth it based on how often they have to leave their families for calls or or, or training. And like I said, that's uh, become a problem across the nation. What's yeah. the uh, limitations now, Mark, for you know being a firefighter, or even the volunteer side? Is there age level education? Uh, yeah, you have to be at least eighteen mm-hmm. um, for volunteer side. Um, there's no maximum age um, as long as you pass. You, know, you can do the job, you can do the, you know, the training. Um, it is physical, so you know, there's some people that can't do it. Um, 
just passed passed the test, passed the training. Um, you know, we'll do everything we can to get you there. But some people just are claustrophobic. They sure. can't handle the stress, whatever the case may be. So um, it really limits the number of people that uh, by the time they get through all that training um, and that can can give us that time commitment. Yeah, uh, really limits our numbers. So that's another reason why the safer grant's helpful because you know we rely on volunteers to show up and you know when it's during the day and they're on jobs that they can't leave. Um, you know, you don't get the numbers that you need to, to efficiently. Yeah. So, so do you guys have like recruitment drives as far as for volunteers or how? Would yeah, uh, we we do um, usually once or twice a year uh, because that's how often they have a fire academy. Um, we try to do a big recruitment drive prior to the start of that. Um, lately, our department and some other departments have had success really hitting uh, high schools hard. Um, you know, the seniors hard going through uh, EMT class. They come out of high school with an EMT certification already. Um, so, you know, looking at the, the career um, colleges and technical colleges and also the high schools kind of where we see the most success lately, but still it doesn't give us enough numbers to uh, get where we need yeah. where we used to the, be. Just like the police side, I know the process weeds a lot of people out, mm-hmm. which is I know is unfortunate. Um, a lot of times they come back the next one and the next one, they, um, but it it ultimately gives us the best firefighters yep. and applicants to uh, be able to put on FD. So I know the police, you guys just did a- Yeah, we just uh, did an open application. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if the, you know, citizens know, but, the very first step in the police process is that physical agility yes. test. Um, and if you fail one component setups or the run or push ups, um, you're unfortunately right right there eliminated from it. And we always do the the exit standards in the academy, knowing that you can make it through your class. So yeah, it is a little tougher. You know. So what's the what's the staffing now on the police side? Uh, right now we're um, we're right around fifty. Um, we have two that are getting ready to be sworn in. Uh, yeah, open the swear them in yeah. this, this month. month. Yeah, and then we'll have one um, just with uh, the holidays and everything. It's just we're just going to hold them over for the first year or so. Um, you know, we'll have that person selected. And that's the first year. Yeah, and then we have a retirement in February too, so we'll actually get another two. Years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I've seen on the police side, and I always felt horrible. You know, you get the applicant that shows up. We usually do it at the high school, use the facilities yeah. down there. And it's like super excited. You know, you talk to them in the downtime. Um, you know, this is all I wanted to be. I want to work in Crown Point. I want to be a police officer. And then they come up like two push up shots. Yeah. And then you got to either want to tell them, Not this time. get your stuff and go. Yeah. It's, but, you know, we're going to be doing it again. And so now you know what it's like. Be prepared for it. And, yeah, we always tell them, you know, go to the agility test, you know, start doing this, you know, that way you know what you have to work on. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, uh, we had quite a few, you know, there's been a lot of departments that struggle with recruitment and trying to get applicants. It's a nationwide, it's a nationwide problem. Our numbers are down, but not like what I've heard. I think we end up having 90 applicants. Only thirty showed up, but that was the numbers are still good. Yeah, you know, the that and we won't share other communities' names, but our, um, we did a lot of hiring from officers that are 
police officers on other neighboring agencies. And when we put out applications, they come to Crown Point or apply with Crown Point because, and we get a lot of applications like that from officers, um, Illinois and other states, but a lot of neighboring agencies that would leave their department to come to us. So and we've had a lot of officers that live in the city but work in another community. Yeah, they want to leave. They end up coming uh, work in the city. Yeah. So. And it's the same thing. It's just, you know, as tough as it is, it's the, at the end of the day, many of the best applicants that we, that we can have for the, for the city and the citizens. So, um, like we were talking about, obviously, holiday season, which is, you know, very nice. I, I don't, I literally have no Christmas stuff in my office. It is December 1st, right? Yeah. yeah. Just like it's just got time. <laughs> well, but when I came in, I did see their staff. They are decorating. Oh, Mary and Marsha, they're, they're out of control. They're like, yeah, it's like same as other workshops. But with the holiday season here, uh, unfortunately, more, probably one of the um, biggest issues that we run into is the thefts from, of packages from coaches. Yes. Um, so, what would be some tips if I want to order from Amazon? Is there anything that I could do to lessen the risk of that or what would you, what would you suggest? Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of places now, I know I thought Walgreens was one of them, but you can actually have your package delivered there and then get up on the way home from work and be able to stop by for, for something. Um, you know, a lot of people are now finding out who in the neighborhood, you know, is home during the day or whatever and just having a package delivered there or have that person, you know, like go through and gather your package for you that way. Get something value, but I still see a lot of packages on the porch where people you know, just take that chance of you know, getting it out there. Yeah, I mean, I know, and there's, there's unfortunately, there's a segment that they'll follow the Amazon and other delivery trucks yeah. literally through the neighborhoods yeah. as they make their delivery. Then, yeah, so I've seen, seen a drop of that, you know, since it seems like everybody's got a ring cam mm-hmm. or something like that. It's not as prevalent since there's so much. Visual technology out there that you could stop that. I know it still happens, but you know, yeah, there has been a slight drop to it. But I mean, there's still people that will take their chances. Sure. Yeah. So the big one is use these alternate um, locations. Hey, yeah. I want my package delivered to. I know there's other businesses, and I think they're actually all listed. If you go through the site, yes. the area uh, locations from where you're at, where you can have it delivered to the whole package. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then, you know, uh, you can schedule to deliver it until five, after five, so like that. Which is a great idea if you think about it. When you bring it into your store, that is like something, you know, right. you know, so, Yeah. Yeah, I would tell people definitely to go there. But doesn't the police department have a designated parking area now for peer to peer transactions? Yeah, so if yeah. I'm buying something from somebody off. Yes. So when they reconfigured the parking lot, a lot there is a designated parking spot for internet transactions, uh, where if you don't want to meet the person at their house or, or whatever, you come to the police department. And it's a designated area that's with a lot recorded, so you can do the transaction. Yeah, because it's it's literally one of the very first parking stalls yeah. closest to the building, right? Yeah. And we use it also for child custody. You know, parents dropping off kids. Uh, Spot designated for that too. So yeah. Um, so on the fire side, um, does the fire department with the increase? You guys see any increase in calls around the the holiday season for structure fires? Or yes, like unfortunately, that? it's you know it's uh, the jolliest time of year, but it's also a busy time of year for fire departments, not just us, but 
nationwide. Um, there's a lot, several reasons for it. Um, you know, it's uh, the space heaters or some type of alternate heating methods that people come up with. Um, that's probably, I would say, the most common. Uh, leaving space heaters on longer than they're supposed to. We got a couple of uh, common winter Christmas time causes for fires. One of space heaters. Um, one of our last fires we just had last week was caused by a space uh, space heater. Um, we have cooking fires. Obviously, the turkey fires that has kind of yeah, that's kind of calmed down a little bit. I think people have kind of gotten wise to it. Um, we still have have the issues. Um, people leaving. Um, by this with our uh, older population. You know, we all had that grandma or the great aunt that always used to store their uh, Tupperware classic stuff in the oven all, all year long, and then they go to turn on the oven and bake cookies and stuff, forget about it, and melts plastic all over the place. So that doesn't usually burn houses down, but it's a nasty smell. Um, candles. candles. Don't leave yeah. candles burning unless, you know, all the exterior illumination. Uh, now that a lot of people switch to LEDs, it doesn't draw as much power, so there isn't as much... Uh, Issues with that, um, but uh, the newest thing is lithium-ion batteries. Yes. Um, a few years ago, was those uh, hover-around scooters yeah. that were causing fires. We had a few of them. Um, those seem to have calmed down, but now they're coming back up again. So, biggest thing with those, you know, make sure they're UL listed. It's a really small stamp on it, and somewhere usually by the charging port or on the bottom side, it'll say UL. That just means it's certified and it's gone through a bunch of testing that shouldn't do yeah. catch fire. So people just have to be, you know, rethink things, yeah. be mindful. It's like, it's for the most part, common sense stuff, but mm -hmm. um, just, you know, be careful and cautious. Common sense. So, um, and then Ryan, so one of the things, just like the fire department is we do a lot of community uh, throughout the year. We're a big community policing police department, but every year we do uh, shop with the cops. So what, what is that? And if I wanted to get involved or help donate, how do I do that? Sure. So uh, the shop at the top is going to be on December 10th. Uh, I believe it's going to be at the Meyer again at the Miraville. Uh, it's ran by our FOP, uh, 176. Um, if you have, would like to make a donation or want any more information, uh, Steve Meese uh, is the coordinator of that uh, every year. Uh, it's just one of the many uh, things that we do on the community outreach uh, with the FOP in partnership with the police department. Yeah. So, so and that's uh, we designate under underprivileged kids. We take literally take them and the families out yep. for a shopping excursion at, at Meyer. So and each each child has a dollar amount, and uh, they get to go with an officer or a representative from the police department. And, yeah. Uh, walk around the shop. Yeah, that's a really a cool thing. Been part yeah. of that for many years, so it's a cool thing to be part of and yeah. help and contribute to. So thanks for keep doing it. Um, so I think where that kind of wraps up the segment, I can't thank you guys enough from um, my office and Anthony to be members of not members guests on the podcast. I think uh, Mark's got a big uh, before we cut. I think he's got a big uh, anniversary coming up. Yeah. yeah. I know that the uh, department certainly does 150 years. Wow. Uh, next year, 2023. So uh, we got a lot of stuff coming through social media and uh, uh, events. Uh, one of the big things we're working on right now is our yearbook. Uh, I brought some yearbooks from years past, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so we're doing one now for uh, 2023 for our 150 years. Um, so I know there's tens of thousands, if not millions, of people that listen to this. Um, 
we're worldwide. Sure. Okay, so I want to maybe just make a quick uh, shameless plug, but we are looking for uh, businesses and advertisers for our your book. I think it's always really cool looking through some of these old ones. I know it doesn't make for good podcasts, but me on the video is, you know, not only the, like this, the, um, look through all the old historic fire pictures and old firemen, but going through and looking at some of the old uh, advertisements for some of the old businesses that um, were in here. The old Chevy, Carroll Chevy building. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a bunch of these pictures, and uh, it's really cool time capsule to go back and look at it. And that's kind of what we want to do uh, for, you know, businesses and community now that do part to help us raise funds for our 150th year, but to kind of be part of that time capsule. So when we make these look back at these yearbooks uh, 50 or 100 years from now, you know, they're, they're part of that. So uh, if you're interested, uh, contact uh, Lieutenant Mark Reed uh, at the fire department, Reed R-E-E-D, at crowdpoint.gov. That would be truly forward to uh, be part of that. Right. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Anthony, you got anything to throw in at their lines? Great show, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It's, just fun. it's been fun. So, our, high, our business spotlight of the month is Badera Bar. Um, I have not been there yet, but my better half has been there many times. <laughs> um, and so it's a great place, a great uh, new business in Crown Point. So uh, if you're out and about, maybe stop in there see what it's all about so um, but anyway so thanks for coming great show so crown point until next month stay safe and take care and look out for one another thanks you've been listening to lay of the land with crown point mayor pete land and chief of staff anthony schleter if you like what you heard today come hang out with us on the third tuesday of every month lay of the land is available on facebook youtube spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.